The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome. We are live on YouTube Sunday night. If you're watching this live, like this video, subscribe to our channel. Uh, we're picking up steam. We appreciate your support. The more you watch, click and click, the more people uh, get to see our channel. If you're listening to the podcast, that's great as well. Watch our YouTube by going to the link in the podcast description. Listen to our podcast by going to the link in our YouTube description. We are brought to you by Tito's. Handmade vodka. Who are we getting a Tito's for tonight, John? Who are we toasting here on Sunday? I have a toast. I have a toast to a man who used to cut his teeth in minor league baseball, who now owns and operates for 25 years a spa shop in Mesa, Arizona. He goes by Sean Purdy. Produced multiple Division I quarterbacks. <laughs> One looks like he's got a chance to be you know, a quicker Drew Brees. But Sean Purdy never took Sundays off because he was slinging, slinging hot tubs in an area that averages about 120 degrees for four months. And even it's 85 degrees in the winter. But that guy's a worker, a hustler. But I'll tell you this, Sean, so cheers to you. If you want, you could probably sell it. Uh, he's about two starts away from you know having a pretty good shot of going nowhere and you can gravy train that thing like the 17 garoppolos that go everywhere with jimmy including his parents so cheers to sean purdy from tito's uh for producing yeah brock purdy amen to that john cheers to sean purdy i've got a toast as well you know they say the best ability is availability and i think as you know somebody who's grinded in multiple fields now in the day-to-day that just being consistent, knowing what we can expect from you every day is a sign in its own way of greatness. And I know every time I watch a big Mike McCarthy game, I'm going to get I'm going to get what I expect out of Mike. So a, a Tito's to Mike McCarthy and his Dallas Cowboys tonight. If nothing else, they are consistent. They are reliable. They were unable to execute the kneel down at the end of the game. There were seven seconds still on the clock. Everyone came running on the field after the fourth down kneel. Weren't able to get it done, but nonetheless, Tito's deserved on the flight home. Cheers to uh, cheers to Mike and the Cowboys on that. If this was a college football show, we'd have to give one to old Mario for. Uh, oh, for we Mike. this is we can give one to Mario. <laughs> we can give one to Mario. Mario Cristobal on the short, on the list, and people. This is usually like an inside thing, you know, like when someone gets hired away from your company, you're like, thank God, thank you for hiring that person. Oregon fans, when Miami took Mario Cristobal, were. Grateful that it happened. Middlecoff just suffered a staple. Well, I, I had I had a Lacroix box war wound. I, oh. you know, I, I was hoping it wasn't going to rebleed. Someone reposted Mario. Same thing happened. Oregon Stanford. I don't know if Stanford went down to score, but same thing. Could yes, have nailed it. Ran the ball. Lost the game. Yeah. 
a so little he's done it, different he, because he, I don't think he could have kneeled out the game. It was like kneel, kneel, and then one had to like punt like seven seconds left or something. But yeah. it was immediately I remembered that game immediately because it was yeah. an awesome Herbert was on the team. Yeah. We are brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka. As we said, Tito's Handmade Vodka, America's original craft vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof crafted to be savored responsibly. One more bonus toast to our boy Kyle Juszczyk, who it looked again for the second week in a row, John, like he would have scored a touchdown on a field that was 99 and a half yards long, but not on a 100-yard field, but... Kyle Shanahan threw him a touchdown. So uh, on he's the- been tra- he's been trying to get him clearly because he ran another play for him. He's been uh, he's been trying to get Juice that touchdown, and he succeeded. Uh, he, he succeeded. Middlecoff, this was the largest blowout in the history of Niners Cowboys. The worst loss by the Cowboys to the Niners in the history of the rivalry. Thirty two points, uh, forty two to ten was the final score on Sunday Night Football. It was an absolute dismantling of a team that has uh, once again been trying to convince people that they are a championship contender. Uh, but the Cowboys go down, go down hard. I was stunned at, when I looked down at the game and I thought this one's over and there were 13 minutes left. Uh, it was an ass kicking. You know, when Dak, it was 14 nothing, and Dak threw that beautiful touchdown. I was like, okay, maybe we're going to get a game here. And then it immediately becomes 21-7, and then it becomes 28-7 out of the third quarter. I mean, it, just, it unraveled fast for him. And Dakota Prescott, a lot like last year in the playoffs, is throwing the ball to the 49ers. And if he's going to throw, obviously, three picks, they, they have zero shot. I'd argue if he just has one pick in a game, it is going to be very, very hard for them to win. He cannot turn the ball over and then have a chance. And I, honestly, he just wasn't, like, kind of looks... He hung his hat on being the best guy of kind of that second-tier group. I watched the uh, Vikings-Chiefs game. Cousins a better player. Yeah. Obviously, the 49ers have the better quarterback right now than, than him. So it's like the quarterback matchup in this. And then also when you factor in Dallas's team is built around his salary, right? He's the highest-paid guy on the team. And as Tarico said, listen, $850,000, a lot of money for all of you Americans watching. Puts you in the top 1%. But it's not for NFL quarterbacks, and this guy's not only making that this year, he's got two more years left on his rookie contract, which literally impossible to get any cheaper given that he was the last pick in the draft. So the slotting, whatever his draft signing bonus is, I don't know why I've never looked that up. If I had to guess, I would guess $27,000 to Brock Purdy when he signed his rookie contract. You're talking about the bonus. I'm talking like, yeah, when you get yeah. drafted, you get right. you know uh, a signing bonus. And I think the max you can give now an undrafted free agent, like when I was in the NFL, there was no max. So like the, the guy, let's say Purdy was undrafted and Purdy was like liked by 15 teams. He might get like $125,000. It was almost like politics, like, you know, the packs. And then they made laws of like, you can only give so much. It's like that now, because I think a lot of owners are like, we, we miss on the majority of these guys that I'm giving 60, right. 80 grand. Like, let's just cap the number. And if we don't get a guy, who cares? Right. <laughs> you know, yep. and, uh, from an owner standpoint, completely agree. Uh, Purdy signing. Actually, I was way low. He got seventy-seven thousand dollars as the last pick. Okay, not a fully loaded tundra after taxes with that. Not even close. But he got that for free, and he got a uh, he got a uh, lucid a lucid. And I just saw after the game an Alaska Airlines commercial uh, where he goes. 
He calls an audible Cabo, Cabo, and then he throws a football to the Cabo destination. So he's you know he's starting to make his money down middle cough. Um, but I mean, look, he's number one in quarterback rating. Some of these stats, I got to go to a different website to get some of the updated stats. Did I, did I, did I move us right there? You did. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> how you did that. Uh, but, you know, to your point on Dak, we've talked all season, not all season, it's been a month and change, um, about system quarterbacks. And they did the whole graphic. They put Dak on the beach and they did a whole thing about how the Cowboys offseason plan. I'm sure McCarthy told Jerry, we're getting rid of Kellen. And I'm doing the Tex Coast offense or whatever they're calling it. And the the point of this offense is going to be to turn it over less. And, you know, I think it's a reminder that championship seeding is made over the course of every game. Beat the teams you're supposed to beat, win half the games maybe or whatever against the teams that are as good as you. Uh, and that's where you can stack up season-long touchdown, interception, completion percentage numbers. But if Dallas gonna... would have beat Arizona, they'd be 4-1. Tonight would have sucked, but they'd right. still be on pace for 13, 12 wins, right? That's right. But it wouldn't really change who they are when they play the best teams in the biggest games, right? And that's where Dak, you can do your Tex-Mex offense or whatever you want to do, but it doesn't really change in the biggest games. If you've got some system because your quarterback is a little handicapped or whatever the whatever your perception of your player is, we got to get it out faster because they got a good defense. That's not a problem with your player. That's just how you play good defenses. But whatever your perception of the problem, you can fix it. And that fix will work for, if your team's good enough, 10 to 12 to 13 games. But then you're going to play Philly twice. You're going to play the Niners. You're going to play a couple other good teams. You're going to get tripped up by somebody because we know you're an un, the Cowboys are an unserious team now consistently. It goes back to the day they hired Mike McCarthy who got the job by lying to the head coach. He told him he'd watched every play of the offseason in which he was unemployed. Then he admitted in front of Jerry Jones at the podium, lied to the owner, not the head coach. I didn't actually do what I said, but I, I, I followed the trends. So his whole thing started on a lie, a big lie, not kind of a lie. His whole thing started on the lie that he grinded, that he did the work that nobody else would do. And it turned out, John, he didn't do the work that nobody else would do. He did exactly what most people would do. You know the irony? I, I think I heard Andy say one time in his interview process that he told Clark Hunt something that he didn't, like, had he hadn't seen every film of the Chiefs. He had also literally worked that year and had just been fired. Remember, Mike had the year off. Yeah. Do you remember Mike had, like, that coaching room where he, like, got all, like, the fired coaches to come yeah. to him and they just watch film? Mike literally didn't have anything to do. Yeah, Fisher and, was there. And all coaches want to do is watch film. And he lied to the Cowboys when it was clear, like, halfway through, like, this job could come open where he could have banged out the tape. So, to, to me, it gets down to this. Kyle's creativity is just elite. And, honestly, there are a lot of, obviously, McDaniel's doing shit. Shane Steichen looks like a star. Right. I mean, the Eagles just figure it out. They're a little, I would say, a little more, you know, nuts and bolts. They just run it right now because it's working with their offensive line. I think Sean McVay's having a really good year. There's just a lot of creativity, yeah. Yeah. you know, with offensive play callers. And a couple weeks ago when they lost to Arizona and they were one and five in the red zone, I started looking up some stats of like Aaron Rodgers had a stretch where he was like on the stretch of the greatest red zone in the peak of his powers, like with McCarthy. It was like 180 touchdowns and like four picks. It was stupid. He was dominant in the red zone. And obviously most quarterbacks throw the majority of their touchdowns in the red zone. 
But in the peak of his powers, like it was like Mahomes or Josh Allen, like there was no stopping him, right? He was going to hit who he had to hit. And honestly, Josh Allen's not even on that level. It'd be like Mahomes would be the closest version now, Brady forever. But Brady couldn't move like Aaron. Well, Dak is not some ad lib player, right? And especially now he doesn't, he looks a little slower than he did in his, in his youth. And like that to me is a big advantage. Like when you look at the two quarterbacks, I mean, Purdy's much more mobile. Right, because another thing that happened tonight, early in the game, you know, Chris, I think Chris Collins was pretty good. You can tell he just fucking loves football. Anyone that like bought PFF, you know, he he, the guy's a football addict. Like honestly, I bet the coaches love him. I bet the coaches' meetings, like those coaches, really like Chris because how much he likes football. And he said something. When you watch enough football, just as you and I do and most fans do, and you see enough unprepared analysts, how prepared that guy is. Anyway, keep going. I know people. I love getting texts from my buddies in the league that are like, I can't fucking take Jonathan Vilma. You know, I get some of these guys who are probably nice guys. They're just bad. And in fairness to that side of the profession, which you do, I, I could never do. Sorry. It is not easy. Especially it's not for the easy. guys in the league who really know everything that's happening, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard. But Collinsworth said something tonight. They're like, you know, Parsons has really been thriving on the left side. It's like, guys. If you either ha- could go through, and you were you were Mike Tyson, but you had to go through like Muhammad Ali and George Foreman in their prime, or just go a couple other heavyweights, wouldn't you just go the other way? Like, if I can move you around, why wouldn't I put per- Parsons exclusively on the other side? And then right as Chris said it, he was lined up over Trent Williams. It's like, this is coaching one-on-one. There's no machismo credit in this game at all. This is a schematic game. It's going to be a ton of good players everywhere who can outthink the other one. And that, to me, was like a little meathead Dan Quinn. That's not even on McCarthy because I know he's got nothing to do with the defense. Like, Dan, you're just trying to act really tough? Like, he the did, Niners he did the Niners would pay for him. But I'm just saying, like, I would never play him a snap over there. Well, why would you ever fuck with Trent Williams? Like, I think just, he was – I think – no, I agree with you. But I was just going to tell you because I saw the play before or two plays before. He got doubled by Kittle and uh, Juszczyk. Like, no matter where he went, I think they put him on the other side first. Like, fuck, they were ready for that? All right. I yeah, well, and, and, and that, might, that might be the problem. I bet if you really did a deep dive on the tape, if you put him on the right side over McKivitz, I don't know if you witnessed today, but McGlinchey was getting smoked. And I'm like, I'm just going to type in old McGlinchey to Twitter. And the Denver fans are like, I can't fucking take this guy. And it's and I had a buddy with the Texans. He didn't, he didn't help Russ up. He walked off the field. You want you want to hear, hear a text I got from uh, yeah. someone who's around the, some coaches that used to be around old McGlinchey. Uh, okay. Uh, basically, the coaches said he's a head case with no confidence, which I would say is pretty telling how many Twitter spats he used to get into. Like, I don't see Trent Williams when he has three penalties in a game. Like, I, I don't see Jason Kel- I don't see any of these guys giving a flying fuck offensive lineman. That's the least of their worries. So say this about Colton McKivitz is like, I don't know anything about him. That's fine. That's how most offensive linemen are that aren't super like Hall of Fame, Pro Bowl level guys, right? I don't know anything about any of the Niners offensive linemen beside Trent, and that's fine. So it's like, what the hell is the difference? The Niners, I don't know how much Colton makes, but I sure as hell know it's, it's probably like a million bucks. And I was thinking today watching that, like that's an incredible, just easy move. Now, in fairness, to McGlinchey, the Niners guys liked him way more than they should have. So I, I wish they would have traded him a couple years ago. Would have saved him some money. But McGlinchey is, which anyone that followed the Niners saw, a disaster coming for that signing. 
But like Colton McKivitz, honestly, like he's, I'm not saying he's like some answer for the next five years at right tackle, but th- there's no drop off. There's no difference. Yeah, they've been fine. And Purdy, like you saw that they rolled that play left and the pressure came from his backside. He saw it. I thought he was going to get sacked for a seven yard loss. It was a three yard loss. Dak had a couple. Here comes Fred. I'm going to waggle on Fred. Well, Fred just sacked him. He had another one. Here comes Dre Greenlaw. I'm going to waggle on Greenlaw. Couldn't the, get away from him. The the play, you were listening a little bit of Kyle. I, I'd be fascinated. It went pretty viral during the game that the Lions ran it, the 49ers ran it. If he was, which is very plausible, right? Toss flea flicker, I think was the name, Kyle. Said. He's at the he's at the hotel, sees it, and do they implement it before the game? Because if that's true, that's insane. He said it's been in for like two years that okay. Anthony Lynn either brought it up or liked it, but maybe they saw it and like, you know what? It, it was almost they ran it from the thirty eight. Lions ran it from the thirty two. You're saying that down. Anthony Lynn's the one that noticed it in the Lions game. I, no, no, no. I, I think he made a comment about Anthony Lynn, like Anthony Lynn brought it up like last year or something, or maybe he's the one that put it in. It's a sweet play. It's a sweet play. Yeah. And, and, and listen, tonight is a good example for sure. One time a game, whether you're playing the shittiest team in the league or you're playing the Cowboys or the Eagles, you're. And sometimes it's two or three of the plays aren't just like schemed open plays, schemed open touchdowns from outside of the red zone. Yeah. That could be 40 yards. That could be 80 yards, but it's a touchdown. And they are hitting them this year. They are just hitting them this year. And their explosive offense tonight, because early on it was like, I was thinking coming into this game, didn't watch one snap of it, but saw the box score. Obviously the Bills lost. So Josh Allen, you know, I wouldn't say game. Tariko tonight was like, for those of you who've been up uh, early on the West Coast at 6 a.m., I'm like, Mike, you don't know the West Coast. We yeah, didn't wake yeah. up for that game. <laughs> Honestly, I forgot about it. And <clears throat> Lamar was corralled and not very good down the stretch today. So the MVP is just wide open. I'm like, this could be a game. And it's, it is hard. I mean, I, I, I don't know if Ed Werder said this, because Ed loves clearly he's talking to McCarthy, and then he just throws things on Twitter. Someone was like, the Cowboys game plan tonight is, is to swarm Christian McCaffrey. Like, uh, sometimes, and in fairness, I'm not trying to even shit on Dallas. Sometimes reporters feel like, of course it is. Like, what the fuck? It's just, Van Der Esch is the only guy who's allowed to tackle him. Everyone else just watch. You know, it's like, oh, no shit. But it was clearly, he was, I would imagine, the number one guy in the game plan. And it was, he wasn't going to have an MVP game, right? They, they were not going to let him beat them. Yeah, and then they just said, "Okay, fuck it. We'll just have Kittle and other guys destroy and Ayuk destroy you." Yep, and that's what happened. Purdy was seventy, what one percent? No, that's not high enough. At least seventy percent, seventeen to twenty-four, uh, whatever that percentage is. Two fifty-four, four touchdowns. Um, seventeen divided by twenty-four. Come on, do some math. I thought the best throw that he made tonight. Why can't I get that? Was you just do 17 divided by 24? There we go, 71. Um, Dak was 14 to 24 for 153. Just before you get to, are you are you gonna get the grading? Just to compare him to Dak, one, one other point we mentioned it the other day, Dak was 11th in the QB tiers. Um, when Sando did it last year or whatever, 12th or wherever he was. Um, oh no, I'm sorry, he was ninth, he was 11th the year before, he was ninth last year. There's no way he could remain now. Rodgers is hurt. Right, I mean, Burrow's banged up. Uh, finally, threw a ch- touchdown to Jamar Chase today. Couple, Burrow looked good today. I watched some of that game. Deshaun, you know, he's he was eleventh last year. Kyler's not playing. Derek was fourteenth. They had a, he had a good game today, but um, 
Like this is the like Brock is, you know, we talk about these tiers and I think the tiers are such a good list because you look at them and you go, okay, it's just a reminder every year that there's like at the max, like seven really good quarterbacks every year. And then you can start debating everything after that. Right. And that's where Brock is Brock. He's not, he doesn't throw interceptions. He has not thrown a pick. It's yeah, insane. If Josh Allen had not thrown a pick all year, now those guys have like high end playmaking, but he's also making plays. The first touchdown to Kittle was not a boom, 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 back foot hit at the Kittle. It was step up, get around from pressure, throw on the move with touch. Well, because he hasn't really played that many games coming into the season, most people would have probably picked Dak to be a Pro Bowl level guy and yeah. not Purdy to be a Pro Bowl guy. But if you look at the NFC right now, Pro Bowl guys. I mean, it'd be like Jalen Hurts, Jared Goff, and Brock Purdy. <laughs> that's, like, that's, the, that's a fact. Right. Right. I mean, Jalen's going to end up making it. Jared Goff, start to finish, has probably been, I don't know what his stats are, but pretty fucking good. He's been awesome. I mean, they, they beat the shit out of Carolina. I know Carolina's bad, but, and Purdy. Like, Purdy is on pace. And listen, I, I don't value, like, I'm not saying the pro ball matters, but it does matter, like, who are your thir- first three picks? Like, when it's Burrow, Allen, Mahomes, and then one guy goes to the Super Bowl, Josh goes, plays Pebble Beach. Yeah, then the other group doesn't count. Well, but Cousins. that first group, that first group counts, right? Cousins like, might be in the first group this year. Well, yeah, but his team's losing. But I guess his no. Pro Bowl is a lot like an all-star game. What's his stats right now? Well, uh, you know, I, 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 it's, I got 13 touchdowns, four picks. Uh, and uh, yardage-wise, second in the league. I but watched again, him today. I watched that game against the Chiefs. I, I thought he looks. I think Cousins looks pretty good. Like yeah. snap. he's the least of their worries. Uh, right, okay, sorry. so you I mean, you're, but, but you're talking about like Purdy is above Dak Prescott, and for a while, Dak Prescott has been kind of a consistent, you know, top. I mean, he's never like Aaron Rodgers level, but that next tier of non like Hall of Fame guys. Once Drew Brees fell off the map, and before Jalen showed up, he was one of the better players in the NFC. And now the Niners, like with Jimmy Garoppolo, even when they beat the Cowboys, they did not have the better quarterback, right? Jimmy Garoppolo is not a better player than Dak Prescott. So this was the thing we talked about with this move was what happened to the Niners last year and why I think they were, it was like they saw a death and they were so devastated that when they lost that game, because they're like, we've never been this good the last two years. Like we're playing, we're better now than we had been previously with Jimmy Garoppolo and we like Jimmy Garoppolo but he was not this good of a player and the difference of these primetime games from just if this game had been at one like nobody misses it I I, I just kind of lowballed it but like I, I had a tweet that was like God all, all the haters watching 20 plus million people watch Purdy become a star it might be half and honestly, I was like, I was tempted to write thirty, but I like, I don't even know. It's, yeah, my it's guess numbers. would be, you want to, my guess is like a peak eight, thirty six. I would guess the first half had a lot, and maybe by the end of the third quarter, people, especially if you live Midwest on, maybe you just yeah. turn on your TV to kind of fall asleep. But yeah. I would guess that first half into the third quarter had fucking <laughs> the number is going to be. It's going to set the record for so far this year. Don't you think? Did you, yeah, I think you're right. Do you hear Tariko right before kickoff? He's like, it's great to look down and see these two uniforms and just realize this is real football. I I had a thought tonight. Just one, the physicality of the game. The the Cowboys are a physical team, but they they were just losing dudes. Like they, they were getting KO'd and the Niners just kept what getting it up. You of? What do you mean? Reminded me of like when when it's like uh, you know, Idaho. 
week one at Auburn, and you watch that game, he's like, Idaho's doing everything they can. But fuck, they're just playing Auburn today. And dudes are getting every series, like some guy getting helped off. That's what it felt like. I, I did think, though, the colors of that blue and white versus the red is like, you know, if, if anyone says the Raiders are the best uniform ever again, I'm going to puke in my mouth. Those are, those are elite uniforms. It's just elite mesh of the matchup. It doesn't get any better. John Tiger Woods seen today at uh, Pebble Beach. Uh, shaking the hand of a young man who got a hole in one. If you look closely, like what what is Tiger wearing? A Raiders hat. <laughs> Grew up in LA in the eighties. Raiders were there. All right. Uh, I just had to get that. I had that ready. I, I knew there would be an opportunity for that. But it'll be a lot like Monday Night Football Packers Raiders from Allegiant Stadium. Um, yeah, it felt 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 pretty felt pretty big our buddy there, there was next to me at the beginning of the game he said he, he said he thought it was the most electric regular season game he's been to at levi's i can't speak to the 80s i i didn't i mean i wasn't a football i couldn't consume but the night the 94 team i mean i probably was sitting there like with my dad watching yeah games, but I don't you were not contributing it. any real takes and, and a lot of people were. say that the 84 team was the best the 88 89 so i i can't and listen, most of our listeners are going to be probably 45 and under. Maybe if you're 45, 46, you have some recollection of 88, 89, right? Like, I don't remember the Earthquake World Series, but I do remember early 90s stuff and definitely that 94 NFL team, the 49er team. And someone threw out, like, the clip this weekend of Deion Sanders. They were playing the Falcons, picking off uh, in Atlanta, and he high-stepped starting at, like, the 50. And I was like, that team, start to finish, I, th- I think they had – 11 or 12 pro bowlers, I think eight or nine all pros. They obviously had Deion Sanders in the peak of his powers. Along, so, as someone text or tweeted back at me, like they had the greatest corner of all time in his prime. They had the greatest wide receiver, and they had the MVP of the league who's also a Hall of Famer playing quarterback on top of all the talent around him, including who, who opened up tonight, Bryant Young. He was a rookie. All, yeah. you know, I think he was like a pro bowl player as a rookie, superstar. Somehow the 49ers had a really high pick that year. They had... Uh, their team was awesome. From Tim McDonald to Eric Davis, it was stacked. Merton Gary Hanks. Plummer, Ken Norton, Merton Hanks to the offense was loaded. I ran into Merton the other day. He had a hat on of Merton Hanks doing the chicken dance. Uh, Br- Brent Jones, this team feels, you know, I, I, I that team ended up winning the Super Bowl, beat yeah. the Cowboys in the NFC Championship game, and, and blew out the, the, the Chargers. It's kind of crazy to think the Chargers went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Stan but, Humphreys, John. <laughs> but it happened. Got their and ass they, kicked. <laughs> they got destroyed. Uh, th- this team feels like the upside really is there to be yeah, just an, all t- an all-time great season. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to follow up on that in a second, but first we're, get, we're getting some super chats here because the, the crowd is big. And if you're all here, hit that like button while you're watching live. 20 bucks from JP said, Cowherd said Dak was the advantage over Brock for the Cowboys. Brock's a stone-cold killer. Go Niners. I just talked to Colin, and he thinks that uh, that Dak's done, can't move anymore, and it's over. And and he's right. I mean, part of from a championship having, chase, at least, right? Yeah, like part of having these mobile quarterbacks, and Dak on the mobile end was physically, despite being big, was never as gifted, right, as Lamar, the Herberts, the yeah. Josh Allen. Like he didn't have explosive uh, Anthony Richardson now, but he hung his hat on accuracy and not turning over the ball. And now the 49ers have that. And I saw a picture today. Someone forwarded me in pregame. It was, you know, when Trey and Brock were talking at like the 50-yard line. And someone's someone texted me like everyone calls 
Brock's like little midget. Like he's the tiny guy. And honestly, it wasn't that far away. It's like when Draymond stands next to Clay, it could have been the angle of the pick, but you know, party six one. Yeah, I mean, going to a lot of training camp, as you have to, when you see Sam and Trey and Brock next to each other. Sam's Sam, 6'4". But I'm just saying, like, Trey is closer to Darnold in terms of when you see him on the field size-wise than he is to Brock. I'll just put this in perspective. That many consider, and, you know, last night was pretty impressive by the young man, that Caleb Williams is one of the better prospects we've ever seen. Yeah. And he's pretty freaking good. I, I, I Not that I was... Not there. I just, you know, it was my classic kind of pushback against the, sure. the masses. Right. And the knock on him I've heard, which is really his only knock, is he's a shade under six feet. He's like, in scouting terms, it's 6006. So he's like six and three quarters or I, a I don't shade know exactly. under six one. A say, shade under six one. So he's like 600 something, which does, you know, if you're 6010, would be six one. Purdy's basically the same height. I don't know the weight. Clearly, Caleb yeah. is really thick. And obviously, yeah. Caleb's faster than Brock. But yeah. I, I'd say physically, Caleb has a better arm. I, I'm not saying Brock is as talented as You're Caleb. Height. I'm just saying physically, they are pretty similar. Yeah. I, I'm looking at Purdy's From combine height. numbers. Height. But height. but but Purdy, what do you think Purdy's Caleb not weighs? Skinny. Purdy I, weighs two he weighed two hundred and twelve pounds of the combine. I bet right now he's two fifteen. What what's Caleb? Two twenty? Two twenty five. Yeah, two twenty five. Caleb's th- like Caleb's built. Caleb's um, got a big fucking lower body. Yeah. Like, you know, Debo looks, Debo and Brock were screaming in each other's face at one point because Brock's celebration is just he finds somebody and screams in their face, face mask to yeah. face mask. And their helmets are about the same, right? But Debo obviously is, Debo looks, Debo looks good. Does I feel like Brock is going to bust out and I really want him to. The famous Kellen Moore. The, the, the gun. Remember that one? Yeah. Remember that? He threw a touchdown like in the BCS game and he did one of these. Yep. I, I just feel like Brock should incorporate that. That's it's gunslinger. Like a, Turn it's into like a gunslinger. A, it's like a little guy. Like, I'm not good enough. Kellen and I'm was just like eviscerating somebody. Prolific quarterback in college football history. But well, what if Brock becomes you know, that in the NFL? I know. A couple more here. Uh, Coco Puff, two bucks. People can keep disrespecting Brock. Flav, uh, have never been more embarrassed for someone watching Trey warm up knowing he probably wasn't getting in after Purdy was full was pulled with four tuts. The part that to me was disingenuous by NBC is like they're showing, they're like, oh, Trey's warming up. And I'm like, yeah, zoom out. Cooper Cup's on the other side, or Cooper Rush or whatever his name. Yeah. Cooper Rush. He's, 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 he was he's, playing catch with the back. Rush is the one warming up. <laughs> he's just throwing it back. Uh, John Jonas Lima gave us 50 Brazilian, which is about $9.71. Thank you, Jonas. Pretty's like water. Water finds the path of least resistance in the terrain. Purdy finds the path in the defense. That's why his throws look easy. Scouts aren't able to evaluate that. His best attribute between the years. Cheers from Brazil. Um, yeah, so there you go. There's some of it. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off. Right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised crate free and wild caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer. When you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping, butcherbox is offering you 
free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. Yeah, prize picks is where it's at. Prize picks, America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 5 million users. I've been using it and telling you about it for months. It's the most fun and exciting way to get in on the action while you watch your favorite sports and players. We're not going to talk about my Otani-less season-long pick quite yet on his home run total. You just pick more or less of two or more player stats for a shot to win up to 100 times your cash. For example, this week on Prize Picks, you can go Anthony Edwards more than 29 points and Nikola Jokic more than 10 rebounds. Playoff time's the time to join because star players mean more on Prize Picks. Keep an eye out for the starred players on the board and you could receive a 10% payout boost if they're in your winning lineup. So right now, download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, code HAM50. First deposit match up to 100 bucks. Price picks. Pick more. Pick less. It's that easy. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone. Download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, Maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Uh, I want to follow up on you said it could shape up to be a special team, and you're right. 
I did. I was thinking during the game because we had a lot of time to think during the game today that uh, as Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner were just flying around, somebody tweeted at me. Tiago said the Niners linebackers are like Green Bay quarterbacks over the last decade or two. Just set it and forget it. And then I saw TJ Watt said with so much offensive firepower, getting plenty of well-deserved attention and a defensive player of the year in Bosa. It's hard to highlight everybody. But is there a better linebacking duo in the NFL than Fred Warner or Dre Greenlaw for the 49ers? And it got me thinking, are the 49ers, and then they did like the Dak, the the Cowboys, Tex-Mex, West Coast offense. Are the 49ers an offensive or a defensive franchise? I think everybody would just immediately go, Bill Walsh, West Coast offense, offensive franchise. And of course, they've had incredible offenses. But I went back and counted since 1981, which was Bill Walsh's first Super Bowl year. In the 42 years, including that year and since, when the West Coast offense were born, the 49ers have been top 10 in scoring in the NFL 24 times. It's a lot. You know how many times they've been top 10 in scoring defense in the NFL? 25 times. This is a defensive franchise that I think people think is an offensive first franchise. And the real answer, if you're not making a take out of it, is that they're a balanced franchise. But when you're watching these linebackers today, and I was texting you about it, it's like Jim Harbaugh took this defense that was, they were in the 20s and 30s, when you go back and look what it was pre-Harbaugh, he turned them into a fucking monster overnight. He left, it completely died. Jim O'Neill couldn't do it. Kyle and John came back and had like the magic potion, you know, like in a movie where somebody dies and then somebody has like the magic kiss and they just bring them back to life. They just brought the defense back to life. If you didn't know any better, you would think it was just the same defense from 2013. Like, ah, they just got the same dudes a little younger and just did it again. It's a defense first franchise. That's what the 49ers are. And they've been miscast as a West Coast offensive franchise for the last 40 years. I think if you look at their three best coaches, I mean, it'd be four. And Harbaugh and Kyle have not won a Super Bowl yet. So it's like, in fairness to Seaford, he won two. But their three best, you know, most famous coaches. It's crazy. Kyle and Harbaugh, or would you say, are more famous than George Seifert even yeah. to this day? So Bill Walsh, Jim Harbaugh, and Kyle Shanahan, all three offensive guys. Walsh and Kyle, obviously offensive play callers. Jim, former quarterback, really wired more like a Hufunga meets uh, Javon Hargrave than he is some some guns, you know, Peyton Manning or Tom Brady. So it's, it's weird. More but, more rushing yards than Bo Jackson in his career. But it's a crazy stat. All three guys really, really value not just defense, good defensive players, and their defensive coordinator. And I would say that's a theme that can be very hit or miss with offensive coaches. Think about the, think about the last two offseason for the 49ers. They signed Ward and Hargraves. Those are their two big signings, a corner and a defensive tackle. They obviously pay Greenlaw early, which looks fucking genius now, and just gave Nick Bosa a historic amount of money, turned Hufunga into a late-drafted hybrid player that most teams went, I don't know where he's going to play, into an all-pro, have developed these other corners to just give them more than serviceable bodies, and keep rotating and finding these other defensive linemen. 
He really, really cares about defense. Also, the way Harbaugh and Kyle coach is a physical style. What well, you, you don't practice against some th- this isn't, you know, college basketball where you work against managers, right? Or whatever. You work against your own team. So the ones go against the ones. Why do you think Lincoln Riley's team struggles sometimes? Mike Leach is his mentor. Their offense, while historically potent with Mike at all his different spots, and now Lincoln, because he's at better schools, he can get more talent, is not really a physical offense. So it's hard to, even if you don't, Dre Greenlaw is a good example. He benefits on a daily basis from going against this team. If you put him on a different team, maybe he doesn't become what he becomes. You improve and develop in practice based on who you're going against. Why do you think so many Alabama and Georgia guys are so ready for the NFL? It's not just the games. Think of what, if, if you were interviewing me and I'm a four-year player at Alabama, you'd be like, you know the guys I went against in practice every day? In yeah. practice? I'm talking about practice. Where in football, you practice way more than you play. Greenlaw's like, I've been seeing, hell, I'm watching the Dolphins today thinking like, God, fucking Raheem Mozart looks sweet. He's like running over guys. I know. So Elijah Mitchell's going to be good on the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah, he, he, well, they got that new dude that like uh, Achani oh, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, Achan. Who's like the fastest player in the NFL. But you have offensive coaches who really, really value not just defensive players, their defensive coordinator. Like Kyle takes that position very seriously. Harbaugh clearly did. Fangio was his guy. And even at, in Michigan, clearly they have very, very good defenses. But to me, it's also the way they practice. Like Harbaugh practiced physically. Why is his team in defense one of the more physical defenses in the league? Well, his offense wants to play that way. So they practice against it, you know, three, four days a week. And then you benefit from like, I mean, those two guys look like uh, Bowman and Willis today. I mean, they did. And I had people, and I, I tweeted this out, and people were like, I think these guys are better. Like, listen, those two, it didn't happen long. Those two guys in their prime is as good as it's ever been in the NFL. And it might only been 25 games together in their peaks, right, together. It doesn't get any better. And there were a couple plays a day, because Fred's a Hall of Famer. Like Greenlaw is kind of, I wouldn't say come out of nowhere, but he's become a really good player the last year. But if he's going to play like that, then it's like, holy shit. Because Fred dominates. Fred's elite. He is on the trajectory to go to Canton, Ohio. But if that's going to be, this version of Dre Greenlaw is going to be his running mate. It also made me think today, and Hufunga had a couple plays. Sometimes deficiencies, like the 49ers are clearly lucky with finding a seventh-round quarterback, getting rid of Trey, and paying nothing to quarterbacks, right? They got Allen, Sam, and and uh, Purdy make nothing combined. But they also have three players. Two of them are extended at positions that just are really cheap that fucking annihilate people. Greenlaw, obviously Fred, who's a highly paid guy, but relative to other never players. never talk about Never talked about his contract ever because it's it's just a normal like it's it's penny relative to a lot of positions. Yeah, and it felt like he was the best player on the field when the Niners' defense was on the field against the Cowboys. Even offense. the one play where he kind of jumps, but even Collinsworth to be able to like kind of jump but still keep your balance. It's like when I get a shot fake, but I I kind of do a shot fake, but I, you don't get me. Where if you go up again, I'll block your shot. Right, right. That's kind of what he did. You on the sack? You're talking that about that play the sack. was sweet. Yeah, Greenlaw's sack. 
I don't know if he got credit for a sack. I think it was behind the line. It was badass, too, when Dak kind of scrambled. Like, this guy's like, he's taking a missile right now. I Greenlaw was, was the first that, play of the game play. when he when he body slams the guy. You know, I got to say, I thought the officials, when they didn't throw a flag on that, and then they also didn't do it when Juice got kind of thrown out of bounds late, I was like, all right, big game. Like, we don't need – that's okay. Like, we're – you know, let's, you let's, got, let, let's let a little football happen here. But but also, I, I, I was glad, too, because the level of physicality that both teams had to – I mean, this was going to be a heavyweight – Trying to not KO guys, yeah. So you got you can't just expect like, oh they're just pulling up. Now Greenlaw, it's one thing to kind of shove a guy when you're going full speed. Greenlaw suplexed the guy. <laughs> I know it was. I thought it creatures. I couldn't believe it. You, I mean, honestly, and listen, I'm for. I I love the violence. I yearn for the violence as a consumer. I will not apologize. He is so strong and he throws you so hard. This is not pro wrestling when you're kind of faking it. If he gets the right small player, like he could shatter their back. I know. Like if he does that to a quarterback, he's not getting away with it either, right? No. Well, he could only do it at the sidelines. He he can't do it. He might get tossed out of the game if that was like Mahomes. Don't you think? Yeah, <laughs> it'd be it'd be hard. Patrick's big, but Robert is this. Uh, was it that lopsided? The Niners are good, or the boys unserious? The boys are unserious. But I actually, I didn't come away thinking their defense is soft. Like I do think their defense is good and physical and like. Like they are, right? I mean, do you look at Dallas's defense like they're not who you thought they were? I thought coming into the season they would be like a 13-14 win team. That more were like an 11 win team. Like I already that Arizona loss, like they're not going to win the division. They, they, they to me feel like they're steamrolling toward that five seed again. And I, I think it's kind of same old song and dance. Whether yep. they play the Eagles or the 49ers in the second round, it's adios. And then to me, I, I think we start shifting our conversation. Like it's this is a two horse race. And honestly, you could argue, like, I, I don't think they play this year, but are the Lions better than the Cowboys? Uh, I think the Lions, and I'm not a Lions lover, as you know, coming into the year, but I think the Lions, I would trust the Lions more than I trust the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. I think the they Lions- have a fundamental core of what they are, which is they are, comes from their coach, who has made mistakes, but... I think they're fundamentally – I think part of the Dallas problem is that I think they're kind of stale, like as an organization, and they know it. And they've been trying to find solutions. The second you start changing your offense for your quarterback, you've got a problem, right, which is what they did this offseason. They're stale, and they've run out of ideas. And they're not disciplined enough to get into a dogfight back alley with somebody and just find a way to win without their best. Dallas can't beat a good team without their – like their A game. And you just, that's not a championship team. Well, you know, you, you want to give going to the Purdy grade because I, I think one thing, not that the 49ers were stale, but sometimes you just need to get injected some life. And I, I think the Eagles, for example, they lose their coordinator. So it's like, and we just lost the Super Bowl. We got something to prove, right? The 49ers, Jimmy, the same song and dance, you, you knew it was going to be very, very difficult to win a Super Bowl. Then you get injected with this. I think he's given life to the other guys that matter because they're that they've taken it up. Obviously, the addition of Christian McCaffrey has fucking helped, but I I think the Purdy injection has taken this thing to another level. Yeah, you're right. It's and how do you measure that? Right, that George Kittle, Debo Samuel, all these guys believe if I do my job, I, I can be as good as I can possibly be. Right, Brandon Ayuk. You're right. That's a good call. That Brock well, I, makes, I, you're saying Brock makes them feel like they can maximize their talents. 
and that like we can we can't just it's one thing they always thought they could beat anybody and they could it would just be like god they just won that game 23 21 whoa you know it's like we are just yeah. scoring 30 plus with ease i thought the best throw of the night was do Iuke where he layered it and it was a penalty and it came back I'm it was like th- that is a dive so let's yeah. john that drive was their first possession after the half after halftime dallas comes out and scores 21 to 10 so it's like okay if it's going to be a game dallas needs a stop right here starts with a trent williams false start so it's first and 15 then he layers the ball over vanderesh by a fucking hair and vanderesh is like six four that was a throw to iuk yeah. unbelievable then it's McCaffrey. Then it's McCaffrey. Then it's third and four. And that's when he hits Ayuk on the Burford throw to the sideline. Like, all right, well, third and 14. Debo, wide ass open over the middle, hits him in stride, 43 yards. And then this is the um, uh, juice. Juice gets like a seven yard run, run or catch. I didn't make a note. Debo gets a yard. And then this is the drive where he does the back pedal, waits, flips it up. Kittle runs under it, touchdown. That was a really good, like, he made four really good throws. I'd say probably two excellent plus throws on that series. It was a really good series. That was the drive, the throws he made that counted and didn't count, and ultimately for the touchdown, that for anyone, and listen, I I actually do believe sometimes in the business of talking about sports, whether on TV or whether with a mic where, you know, you're on radio, podcast, or whatever, I think you can, rightfully so, if you're not watching every snap, be like, you know, let's pump the brakes a little bit on this, right? This guy is a system. I am not. I don't agree with it, but I don't think it's as crazy as saying, like, LeBron sucks or, you know, right. some of this he's shit that gets Whatever said. it is, 18 games. Like it's, Exactly. It's like, fair. it's it's very understandable. Eight, 18 games? Whatever the number is. I think it's like, what, five, 13. Yeah, five, five this year. Eight. Yeah, plus oh, the, the Miami ca- game, oh, uh, plus the postseason. You. Okay, the postseason, yeah. Okay. But th- th- there is, like, just we've seen a lot in the NFL. Guys start fast and not sustain, and, and guys also start slow and come on. But that was the type drive where you're just like, holy shit. Like, that's that's like, if Dak had that drive and it was reversed, everyone would be going like this. That loves the Cowboys and talks what about gesture, the Cowboys. What gesture, just for the listeners, did you just make? Just a little hand movement with the right okay, hand. You know, <laughs> you know, like I'm rolling, thumbs up. Like I'm rolling dice, you know. <laughs> and that was the drive where... Here's the other thing with Purdy. I don't have to really... I have to go at the end of the game. Like I don't have the iPad or the phone with the box score up. I have no clue what his numbers are. Besides, yeah. like, that's his second or third or touchdown. Or I know he hasn't thrown a pick. Like, I know he has a pick. But... Tonight, I had no clue what his box score was. But I just watched the game and like, this guy's fucking brilliant. Yeah. And listen, it, it, like, for example, the Lions play. That's a great example of, yeah, the guy is wide open, kittled down the seam. The Niners have missed that throw with Jimmy Garoppolo, who's made from the Raiders paying him and the Niners paying him over $150 million. His likelihood of consistently hitting that throw with the guy's it wasn't totally in stride, but pretty made sure he didn't miss him. Like, even if he had to slow down like half a step, he was still going fast enough. He just he threw get. it on a line is what he did. Yeah, he didn't want to overthrow it, right? Jimmy has missed that throw. I feel more than he's made that throw. And it's not always that throw, but it's down one of the seams or down one of the sidelines where it's schemed up. 
and Purdy hits that consistently. And then you factor in the layer throws. A, a good example, right? The Ayuk layer throw, it's like penalty. Like, oh my God. that's That used to devastate the Garoppolo era because it's like, he can't do this again. And then boom, Debo, right? And then boom, touchdown. It's like, of course this fucking guy made the drive. And it's just like every single time, answer the bell, answer the bell, answer the bell, answer the bell. Yeah, does he benefit playing with sweet players? Of course. Dak ain't playing with scrubs. You think the 49ers will take CeeDee Lamb or Tony Pollard? I mean, they got like the guy that caught, he ended up getting hurt, but caught the touchdown over the over his shoulder was a really nice catch. Yeah. Like, that guy's clearly pretty talented. Like yep. Cowboys got Dak crumbles like a cookie. So uh you know, we all fundamentally know that quarterbacking is hard, and yet when do, it looks do, easy... Do you, do you always feel like you know his stats when you go to the box score? No. Or like, I look today at... Ha- I always look at halftime because I just write them in my notes. Here's what was going on at halftime. Just because then it's quicker to look back and go, oh, he only did... McCaffrey only touched it X amount of times in the second half, or this would happen in the first half. Right, whatever. Um, but I did. I had no idea when I went and clicked today what it was going to be. Because I just... You're right. You don't have to look. You know good when you see it, and that's Brock. And now, statistically, Brock also backs it up. I think what's funny about him, and I agree with you, I got no problem. I was DMing our guy, Ethan Strauss, about this because he wrote a big Brock piece the other day. And I said to him, you know, I don't understand, not just from a content standpoint, he's good for business, but there are people, I've seen this a lot the last few weeks, just like, the conversation's over. It's done. I don't want to hear it anymore. And again, from a content standpoint, I'm not about that. But also just fundamentally, Like, guys, we've all watched careers look good for two years and then not be good. All you can judge is what we've seen, and the fun of it is projecting it. And I don't think there's a more fun conversation in all the sports than debating if a young quarterback who looks good now will continue to be a really good quarterback. I think it's the best thing there is. Nothing better um, other than Jordan or or, or LeBron. But uh, kidding. Hate that conversation. But here's the one thing we fundamentally know, because we've all watched a lot of football. Quarterbacking is really hard. So when Brock has these moments and games and drives where it looks easy, I think it's crazy to just attribute it to, well, Kyle makes it easy. We fundamentally know it's not easy. We've seen a bunch of Kyle quarterbacks make it look hard because it's fucking hard. It's hard. For the good guys, it's hard. So here's Brock making these throws. Do you like, sometimes it's almost, he almost makes it look so easy that we just assume it must be easy. But it's not easy. It's not easy to read defense. It's not easy to know where to throw the ball. It's not easy with guys running at you. Here's the other thing. It's not like he had total clean pockets early in that game, right? And I text you this, I think, or maybe Dickinson early in the game. Like, let's just see. They had that great drive. Then there was three and out, three and out. Dallas is getting after him a little bit. Like, how does he handle that? Does he get jittery? Nope, didn't. Hasn't gotten jittery yet. No, he hasn't thrown a pick yet. He hasn't had a three-pick game. He, but he, that hasn't happened yet, Right. You would think if that was going to happen, that would have happened by now. Just like, ah, you know, once you hit him, he changes. That's not the case with Brock. Once you hit him, he doesn't change. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, and Jimmy used to. I mean, you could kind of rattle Jimmy. Jimmy. I mean, yeah. and I don't mean even rattle him. Like, I, I don't think he was rattled. I think mentally he kind of stayed Just normal quarterback stuff. Yeah, just kind of throws you off. Uh, I, I would say right now that it's not like, hyperbole or overhype like he's been one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL in 2023 and I mean like what's it going to take for him to throw his hat like if he has 38 touchdowns could he win the MVP yeah. I mean that's like I I, I would yeah. say that he has be 38 something. touchdowns how many games do they win 13 minimum 
13. I mean, I, I think well, his team's yeah, on pace to win saying, 16, like, right? Okay, so let's say let's say low end 13, 13 and four. How many 14 win teams are there going to be? Maybe one, maybe two. You tell me, he's still 38 touchdowns. You're right. I mean, he's. Well, he's, he, so he's got he's got he had nine coming in today through four. So he's got thirteen. I mean, thirty five feel high because there are going to be some of these games if they get you know he'll run the ball. Yeah. He's gonna get, they're going to have running touchdowns and they <clears throat> one of their wide receivers gets the ball from a running position right on yeah. top of you know Mason ran the ball hard enough like he's getting more carries after the way he ran right. That guy, maybe that was McCaffrey's like, a system running back. <laughs> maybe, but McCaffrey's clearly going to get a ton. So it's could he win an MVP at like thirty and three if they were sixteen and one? Well, yeah, I mean, if they go sixteen and one, he you has know, those three picks. I mean, yeah, but yeah, thirty. What, 30 what does it, what does his what does his touchdown need to be? Because remember, guys were winning at like 48, 50. Yeah, thirty is really low. I mean, and Mc, you know, you have to. We're only five weeks in. You just have to believe that in the end, Josh Allen and Mahomes and Burrow and Hurt, like these guys are all going to be there, right? Statistically. So the thing, I, him and J, the thing, him and Jalen, the Chiefs shit. I mean, I, I was watching the Denver game. They're like, you know, the problem for uh, the Broncos is they play the Chiefs two of the next three games. I was like, oh, oh so my God. <laughs> they play them this Thursday night. It's Chiefs. So thirteen divide five. 2.6 times 17. I mean, he's on pace for like 40 plus, 44 yeah, that's, touchdowns. That's an MVP season if you, if you win 15 games. Well, if he throws 44, let's just say six, <laughs> 44, six, and they win 15 and two, and they're the ones. Yeah. Is he the MVP? That, that's an MVP. Yeah. I mean, provide, you know, does Mahomes throw 50? Yeah, let's say Mahomes throws 40. Let's just say Mahomes throws 40. Josh Allen. Who hasn't won one yet? That matters. Chiefs don't lose very often either. If you you know they, they their lot their wins aren't as sexy. No, but they're they got. I I've been paying attention like fourteen and three minimum written all over them right now. The beauty is the Niners like are going to play a ton of these, and it's not college football where it's like was it on national TV? Because the MVPs play on the best teams, so they're on national TV all the time. So that's just the way it works. Um, but yeah, he's that puts him in the conversation. I we gave him an A plus grade last week. This is an A grade. Purdy, Purdy has more touchdowns than Mahomes so far this year. Okay. But part of it is how does it look when you watch it, yeah. right? Um, but this is an easy A grade. This is a cruise to an A grade. Are you going A plus on this game tonight, or what are you doing with Purdy's grade tonight? Yeah, I mean, it just if you have a couple incompletions, uh, you know, so to me, an A plus is just an all time great NFL game, right? right. It'd be like yeah, 28 to 30, four touchdowns. No, it's just something like Mahomes. I, I would guess if we went back and looked, we'd go like Mahomes has three a year. That feels high too, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, because you're going to have some incompletions. I, I I don't see how it's not an A game, given the moment, given the importance, given how calm his his body language is an A plus. The way he kind of carries himself. I'm not even talking like the sweet plays. Like I, I just I see why Kyle likes this guy. I mean, you just Jesus Christ, this guy looks like an NFL quarterback in his just his mannerisms. So I, I let's play a quick game right now. Let's just go through some quarterbacks. Would the 49ers trade Brock Purdy for Patrick Mahomes? Yes. Josh Allen? Yes. Justin Herbert? Yes. Uh, Jalen Hurts? No. Would the Eagles trade Jalen Hurts for Brock Purdy? Not a chance. So it'd be a no-no. Do you think the Niners would do that deal right now? 
I don't because they don't really need his running. Like they want different offense, different offense. But the Eagles would also say no. Right. Quick, quick. Right and right and rightly so. Rightful. The Eagles would say no faster because the Niners would be like, let's just have a conversation. Obviously, we're not going to yeah. do it, but like, Jalen could win the MVP. So Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, like today, right now. I think you can make the case the Niners would not do that deal. Is that crazy? Am I crazy? I think when you factor in, feels crazy to say that. I'll like admit. what you Don't know the guy, you yeah. know the guy. Like yeah. what they know of Brock Purdy, they say no. Feels like if you gave Kyle Trevor Lawrence, it'd be pretty sweet. But does he see the field as well as Brock? I, you know, is there like the uh, the. Just the deep down the 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 hoochpa. What do you, what is it called? The hoochpa. The 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 just the fire in his belly. I don't know. There's something about Brock that I don't know if that Trevor has. I think honestly, I, I think the knock man. on Trevor is like, how much does he really care? Yeah. Uh, obviously the cousins, the Jimmys, the. I mean, there's a long list of guys that you would obviously any of the young quarterbacks know. Joe, Joe Burrow, the Bengals would immediately say no. Yeah, you'd have to trade him for Joe Burrow. Forty <laughs> nine. I think Joe Burrow would be pretty good in this offense. <laughs> I think he'd be pretty good in the offense. I'm trying to think if I left out Lamar? any this week. Uh, I think the Forty ers that would be like they'd have a conversation, even if they came back with a no. I think under no circumstances would the Ravens trade Lamar Jackson. For Not a chance in hell. No. So Deshaun Watson, the 49ers would hang up. They wouldn't want that. Irony, they tried to get him. Stafford, they tried. Stafford. Stafford. I, mean, I watched a lot of Stafford. Stafford looks pretty good. He's, the age, the money, that's a no for the Niners. Yeah. Um, we leave anybody out. Dak, obviously, the Niners would not do that deal. Yeah, not that matters. So I, I think it's the crew of guys. Jay Stroud. Listen, it, it, yeah, you can't even play that. The Niners would say no. But Tua. of the of the Burrows, I, the Niners would take Brock Purdy over to a Kirk Cousins. If you factor in could've, age, money could have started with him immediately. No, yeah, and Purdy's more uh, athletic. So really, if you're talking like the only guys that the Niners would trade him for, are basically Mahomes, Herbert, Burrow, Allen. I mean, it's, that that's like the guy. If you and I were in the video game business, we'd like build the business around those guys to sell to the kids, right? right. So it's like, yeah, it's a no-brainer. It's like the Elway, Marino, Jim Kelly. If those are the only group of guys that are immediate no's, and, and Lamar too, I mean, he's MVP's a store. That's fucking, this kid has shot out like a rocket ship of respect. Because I honestly, I think that conversation, as every week goes by, like, it's not just me and you. That I think a lot of people would have, and, and Jalen, would have the agreement of the people we're talking about. You could I, maybe, I, I haven't watched Trevor Lawrence closely enough, but I, I do know about the wiring and where Trevor said, like, I couldn't live, I could live without football. That shit to John Lynch, who turned down $80 million to work one day a week, who said, no, I want to be in the trenches with this fucking crazy guy named Kyle Shanahan. Th- those guys value when the clip tonight in Tarico, they had like, what position do you want to play? And Brock Purdy's like, quarterback. I'm like, what else you, what if you play? He's like, quarterback. Like, that guy likes football. This is why I think they gravitate him. It's, there's a self-confidence and everything to him. But I think his like, true, true love of the sport is very relatable to like, Fred, Hufunga, who goes to fucking high school football games on Friday, to Debo, who just, and Kittle, 
who like yearn to run people over in football. Christian McCaffrey, who is clearly in juice, like football nerds. Like they love, remember juice told us like Christian looked at me like his second meeting with Kyle is like, I don't want this shit to end. This is incredible. <laughs> it's it's Those like they're going to run the offense if they had to. They, could, they can't throw like the quarterback, but if you could put Juice or McCaffrey. We've seen. <laughs> so it's like you, you brought a guy, and this is what I, I think why Bill's falling apart. <laughs> because when Bill had Tom, it was like it was very easy for him to like match with their yeah. guys. Yeah. You know, and they all kind of fit. And now with Mac, it's like, what is even going? It's all out of whack. Where Brock was the easy puzzle piece. Even Jimmy, like looking back, I think they liked the guy and they liked hanging with him. But it's like there there was another level that Jimmy clearly didn't have of just being obsessed. Well, you know what was the thing with Jimmy? And this was always, I think, Brady, even as Brady's life changed and he became a bigger star, what was Brady's thing always? And I talked, you've done it. I've talked to guys who play with him. He was one of the guys. And Jimmy, clearly from a hangout standpoint, but there was a clear kind of, well, yeah, that's the star quarterback, and it's kind of like the star quarterback thing, right? That was the Jimmy vibe. And yeah. you know, Debo's a star receiver. He does star receiver things, whatever. So maybe maybe I'm grasping at straws here. But there definitely was that, like, dating to porn. Just all that stuff is like, he's just a little different. He gets, if you guys all walk into a restaurant together, he's going to get a different table, right? Now, he may not take it, because Brady would get a different table. But that was always Tom's thing. It was just Tom is one of the fucking guys, right? And um, I, I, you're right. We can't say that Jimmy wasn't. But clearly Brock is, too, at minimum. He's like them. And then, I mean, there is, this is ultimately, like, the whole point of having a player is for them to play in the game, right? Beside all the character works are, like, they have to play well. And Brock is just a better player. You know, I mean, that's sometimes, because it is fun to talk about all this other stuff, we get away. I mean, I know we've talked about his throws and stuff, but like he is just such an upgrade at the position. Like you're, they're not really having conversations of like even non their stars. How do we upgrade Dre Greenlaw? Right. Or how do we upgrade? Like there's a value, I think with Eric Armstead that they like having around. Now I would big picture macro. I have a lot of respect for the guy and the way his career's played out, which how I thought coming out of Oregon, it would come out. But that's a guy that makes a lot of money that they're paying for a lot of the intangible leadership stuff, which they love the guy around, that it gets to the point where it's like, you know, it gets a little out of whack. You know, I, I haven't super locked in on 91. It doesn't feel like he's playing at the level that he once played at young in his younger days, right? And he makes a decent amount of money. But I also could see him, like, taking a pay cut to stay around. Like, he loves this whole group, and they value that. So I think they have the ultimate mix right now. The Patriots had this forever. The Chiefs clearly just have it. And I think the 49ers finally, but part of having it, you have to have the quarterback who then can execute it. So you have the guys who are fucking awesome players who are in love and addicted to football, no balance, even though the media always gets mad at that when you bring it up around draft times. Like, let the guy live. He wants to be a painter in his offseason. It's like, no, I just want the guy to be football obsessed, please. I'm paying the guy a lot of money. And the 49ers have that, and they have the talent, so it's just kind of meshing at that level. I think the Eagles, you know, I, I don't know how much of that game you watched, but there were a couple of blow-ups. Jason Kelsey starts screaming at coaches. Sirianni had one of those, like, legendary screams at Jalen. And it's, like, actually very normal. Like, their guys, like, it's like a healthy tension mm-hmm. because their guys are all just, like, football guys. Right. So it's like the 49ers don't necessarily have that. It's very rare. Like Kyle doesn't yell at the guys. Really, I've how many times have we really seen him? 
yelled at Jimmy like once. He's just not really his style, you know, but it, Sirianni's a little more edgy, I think. But they just have guys that could get yelled at if you needed to. That's right. Coachable. But Very they coachable. but they it feels like, you know, they are they hold themselves player led, but also actually coached, right? From the standard that that the coaches set. Uh Tobin, can Niners find some NIL money for Purdy? Seriously. They have. They're they are finding NIL money for Purdy everywhere. Just go look. It's like the Niners sponsors somehow suddenly become Brock partners. It's <laughs> He's gonna be doing Zenny before. Yeah, about the Kittle Zenny? They stepped up their commercial. I haven't seen it. I don't uh, it. Is yeah, it good? They, uh, yeah. I, I was just different. It was like a little like they spent some money on their commercial. Stadium was chanting, "We want Trey." Halfway through the third, uh, NFL can make an anti-bullying PSA about it. <laughs> See, I don't. I don't, I don't. I don't like that. <laughs> wasn't his fault, man. <laughs> wasn't his fault. Yeah, but Caleb, this is. You know, in, in sports, though, when you get in these positions and, you know, it's 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 tough. I mean, because you go from a couple years of checking your bank account. You're like, I'm the starting quarterback. The coaches and the organization, the whole city's just all in on you. To a year later, they don't give a shit about you. And they're kind of... It's weird. He never really fucked up bad enough on the field, like a screw you moment, right? Like you ruined our season. That's not really what it is. Yeah. But it is sports ultimately. And it's like, it's, it's a reminder. This is where he went. He went to that place, right? He didn't go to an under the radar. No, no bright lights. Like he went to that place and it's not, I don't think it's the best place for him, but he'll have a but, new coach. But Mike, and- but here's, the 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 reality of his situation, he was gonna go whoever offered them the most, and they offered so much more. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm just saying. Like the second it happened, you and I both said bad, not ideal for him for Trey. That's all. Well, he's in a blowout game, and the backup comes in, and it's not even him. Right. His highlight, as we read earlier this week, was that Scott Tolzien. Takes the pregame warm up very seriously. With he him. was very sweaty. I saw when they showed him in uh, the pregame. I saw some. I saw some. Uh, you know, some like uh, highlights of some. Like he was getting after it. The workout. Like he, he takes it very seriously. Yeah. It's like when you're the 13th guy on an NBA team. That fucking three hours before the game is kind of your game. That's you your know? championship. Yeah. Do you shower before the game? Good question. You go put the pads on. You might. I w- I would. I go freshen up. Let me get my game skin on. You know. Depends probably on the temperature. Like if it was a freezing cold game, that'd be a cold, yeah, maybe sweaty. Just, I, pro- I, I would pregame freshen. I mean, the showers, it's just, you know, it's not like your house. You know, you just, you just walk in, walk out, whatever. Would you say Kyle's the coach of the year right now? Yeah. Feels like he's a leader in the clubhouse. I mean, at some point, like maybe we'll stop giving it to guys who win seven, eight, nine games. Um, But I would say yes. And, and he's in the category of hasn't won it, is clearly one of the best coaches in the NFL, right? Kind of needs his due. Be interesting to see how many games a, a guy that would have a shot. I, I I don't even think he would have to win as many games as Kyle. Like if Kyle went fifteen and two and he went fourteen and three, I think Mike McDaniel would get a lot of a lot of votes. Can Mike McDaniel win it before Kyle Shanahan if they both have great years? I mean, if he beats out the Bills in that division, that would be Coach of the Year worthy. If he's the one seed in the AFC. Yeah. 
I, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't give it. I'm saying, I, but I just, you could just already see. I'd have like, no, if, look, if he's the, if Mike McDaniel's the one seed in the AFC with a quarterback that everyone wanted to throw in the trash, then he is absolutely deserving of coach of the year. Sometimes there's more than one deserving coach. So if I voted for Kyle and you voted for Mike, I, I'd be like, well, you're not, if he goes whatever, 13 and four, 14 I, and three. I, I, I just, I, I see it here and I, I'm actually scrolling through the records and I, the team I came to. I think if he won 14 games with the Detroit Lions, yeah. I think a lot of people would vote for Dan Campbell. That's that's a good one. Absolutely. But this is what it becomes. It's like, well, how about the guy's been dominating for several years? What about I that know, because Kyle wins 15 okay, games. Was like, well, you won 13 last year. Look at all your stars. <laughs> yeah, on the team I built. I like, what, what, they weren't, what are you talking about? So. Uh, I, 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 with Dallas falling off, I am glad that Detroit, I think, is going to be pretty good. Like, I, you don't just want it. I just want more I've good teams to make it all interesting. Appropriate fear. I've, I'm 100% there with Detroit. Appropriate fear if you have to play them in the postseason. Now, the one thing they have is Jared Goff, which you play well against that guy. But they're a physical football team. It's not. They're not just Jared Goff having a career year. They're a physical football team. Honestly, the guy that scares me the most – in the AFC is not even Jalen Hurts. It's A.J. Brown. It's like, I, you know, is Charveris going to chase him around or is he just one of those Shermans where he only stays on the one side? Well, but this is why you got to, you might have to score 34 points. Yeah. Don't turn it over. You got to, yeah. yeah. He's, he's going gonna to throw a pick. They're paying him a lot of money. He's good. Like, no, I, I meant, I meant Pur- Pur- Purdy is going to throw an interception. It's going to happen. Yeah, it might happen this week in in Cleveland. Oh yeah, Browns. Ten a.m. game, by the way, Saturday. Must win, or could this be kind of territory where you? Uh, <laughs> well, Deshaun's hurt, so he's got a fucked up shoulder. Yeah, I mean Philly's unbeaten. Detroit, you lose the game, and Detroit. Who does Detroit play next week? You lose the game, and Detroit wins. Detroit plays Tampa. I mean, they could. On the road, so they could lose that game. But Tampa off a bye too. Yeah, I, t- then Tampa's for like if you lose to the Browns, you're going to have either a the same record as the Lions or this or like uh, not the same record as Tampa, but Tampa will be four and one, and you'll be five and one, right? It, with and Seattle's then four and one or whatever. Like you're just the second you lose, well, no one else has really lost yet or one loss. You're just all of a sudden you go from like we're so much better than the rest of you peons down there. So, like, you're just hanging out with everybody else all of a sudden. And we think you're better, but that's just where your record is. So, you see the story last week with the Browns uh, on Sunday. You know, he, Deshaun messed up his shoulder a couple weeks ago and went to the, went to the field pregame, was a game time decision, could throw, but looked at him, said, it doesn't feel right and didn't go. Mm. And I saw some people like, you know, this is, this is why you get the guaranteed money, you know, so you kind of like, bro, you get injured. They're putting you out there. Clearly, they're not worried about your long term health, right? They don't want you to hurt it. So the doctor's telling him it's a pain tolerance thing and you just tap out. Yeah, I, I it was like, well, Brady, 230 fucking million dollars. Are, are you sure you can't go? Because for as fun as DTR was in the preseason, I'll promise you this. If for whatever reason, and I, I'm not expecting him to, you know, he better be ready if you're a Browns fan. If DTR played against the 49ers, that is a 100% lock 49er victory. 
the, the Browns don't have a snowball's chance in hell, even though the 49ers didn't take it as seriously. He could not beat them. And I don't even think Deshaun Watson, like, fully healthy can, but obviously they have a, like, DTR cannot. Deshaun at least can if things go right. They cannot beat him with DTR. Like, it's not even football possible. Do you agree? Uh, yes, outside of just, like, four-pick game. Like, crazy. The the crazy crazy, right? You're, Their Niners, defense is good. Their defense is really yeah, good. Niners B-minus game still wins that game on the road, which, in you know, winning on the road is hard with a B-minus game. Their defense is he's actually a mobile, he is a mobile quarterback with a good coach and a good defense. So I don't I don't think it's not fo- I should say I don't think it's not football possible. Their defense actually is like statistically going into the Baltimore Ravens game was elite. It was the best defense in the league. And they have so Dallas was right there too. Miles Garrett, if he's you know fully healthy, I think he got a boot leaving the game. Their corners, like the, it's a very good test. They're rested in Cleveland, Ohio. I bet it's not. I, I saw a couple of weather games. It's and rainy right now. Yeah. What game was I watching today where maybe the Bengal game? Like, it's you can tell the weather there. You know, it's it's no yeah. longer 95 degrees everywhere and in the country. You turn on anymore. Sunday Night Football and it's like <laughs> fucking beautiful. Yeah. What is this? this is this spring ball? Uh, Packers, Raiders. I'm, anything else on the Niners? Any yeah, other? You, I mean, we'll get some more notes here. Yeah. I. When do you Marcy, really go? Could this team be undefeated? Um. Good question, John. Probably ten and zero. You really? I would have. say, yeah. I think you got. I mean, you got to win seventeen games. So I think, would they win in nineteen eight or nine? Their first eight were they eight and zero, nine and zero? I think they were eight and zero. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember really talking about it much at that moment in time. The other thing is they got a you know the fact that you got Philly week thirteen, Ravens at home. Part of it is their schedule. Like I think you beat the you you win the next three at the Browns, at the Vikings, Bengals, hit a bye, then you beat the Jags on the road, week ten. So you're nine at, at Seattle Thursday night Thanksgiving. It will be a tough test late in the season, short week. Yeah. It will be. But I but to answer your question, I think if you if they are nine and zero after they beat the Jags on the road, that's November twelfth. So we're into November. I think it's it comes a conversation then because you look at the schedule and you go, okay, how many of these games are going to be favored in? Bucks at home, at Seattle, at the Eagles, Seahawks, at the Cardinals, Ravens, at the Commanders, Rams, like all of them. Yeah. Maybe at the Eagles you'll be an underdog, right? They might be an underdog at the Eagles. I shouldn't say maybe like that. They could be an underdog at the Eagles, depending on how I think if they played this week and the game was in Philly, what would it be? Niners minus one. Or, I mean, excuse me, Eagles minus one. Yeah, less than three, but they'd be favored. Agreed. Um, So I think that's when you start talking about it. Because three of the next four games are on the road. Like it's just but, hard. but at least with that game, assuming health for both teams, you're just getting the bit, both teams' best shot. Like it's it's coin flip game, getting the best teams. I do think the Seattle game is a curveball. Just short week up there, late yeah. in the season, body type. They're tired too, but it's, it's such a huge advantage, a massive advantage. The Thursday night game, I would say, really like mid November on the home game, just because those guys. Look at the way the 49ers play, even though their guys weren't dropping like flies. Like, that's a physical game. And they play like this every fucking week. <laughs> I got that game circled of well, if they went 16 and one, I wonder if they're more likely to lose that game than the Eagle game. If you told me they went 16 and one, I'd be like, I bet they beat the Eagles and hell, drop like a random game. 
which would be fine. I, I, I had no interest in being in seeing that. Like undefeated would be cool, but I think uh, undefeated would be pretty legendary. Undefeated would be legendary. Uh, but think, if you go, but the thing if if you go undefeated, you have to win the Super Bowl. Well, it's just that I, simple. Yeah, you, you go undefeated. There is no anything beside the Super Bowl is a failure. You win seventy three games. You have to win the NBA championship. Like you go fifteen and two. Totally. If you lost some barn burner to the Chiefs, you'd be like, God, that was fucking inc- that was a heart breaking, incredible year. But Charlie, that hurts. You're remembered forever. Absolutely. Remembered forever if you lose and I don't think win the Super Bowl. The thing I don't like about like oh they and not go- making the Super Bowl, I'd even argue like if you were to lose in the championship game as an undefeated team, would even be more devastating. Does it put pressure on you? Yes. Could they handle it? Maybe they feel like a team on a mission. I don't love the idea like being 17 and 0, running away with the one seed, and then like playing the Rams at home week 18. Like, what do we like? I hate that conversation. Like, what do we do? Like, you fucking play Sam Darnold is what you do. But do you? I mean, you got a chance to be legendary. You go for broke, right? I don't like that that situation. Well, remember, Polian did that in the 2000s. They yeah. were 14 and 0, and they're like, we're not playing for this hollow record. And looking back, a lot of people talk shit like you should have just done it, and then they end up losing. I think in the yeah. AFC Championship game, and maybe you do it not for the record, but you do it just hey, if we're out, all gas, no breaks. We got like I do watch them right now and go, can they keep this up? This this team on a mission effort that they've got, and I think it's I keep saying it, but it's I think indicative of a team that hasn't won a championship yet. I think if they had won, the, it'd be really hard to play like this coming off a championship. Kansas City doesn't. <laughs> No, you well, you look up. They're like thirteen to seven against the Vikings. I mean, it's just you know through two quarters because it doesn't matter. They're not playing. It's just we're just playing big picture seating, working some things out. Every week for us is not the Super Bowl. We play in the Super Bowl. It does feel like for the Niners right now, every game is felt like this with the Patriots in 07. Now they had the added element of Spygate. So it was like us against the world. The 49ers don't really have that. The only thing they have is like, Brock Purdy is goddamn legit. Everyone's going to see it. Nick Wright, hear me now. That's all they have. Yeah. Uh, Jordan on the stream, J-Ram, can can Steve Wilkes get some love? It has gone, I mean, as well as it could possibly go for the third coordinator in a row. It, it, It is... Now, we'll see. You know, Sala, great head coach. I don't know. I think D'Amico's a star. Wilkes is clearly really good. I mean, I mean, Wilkes is honestly more proven than, than Sala, right, in terms of a coordinated, cold, coordinated at several different places. Robert's only one. He's not even coordinated now. But it, it is, I think you would get much more criticism for sucking. Like, if this didn't work, then praise for being good because of who you inherit. And this is no, like, Steve Wilkes probably going to get, I would imagine, several head coaching jobs, or I mean interviews this offseason, right? Been a head coach before, proven as an interim coach. Kyle's going to be singing his praises. So it's going to work to his benefit. But it is, it's a pretty incredible place to step into, right? Like, take nothing away from Steve Kerr, that first championship, year one. That was an incredible accomplishment. Right. And they hadn't won one in forever. But he'd be the first to tell you it was a pretty sweet job to take. I, I get Curry, Clay, Draymond, and Iguodala goes to the bench. But it means your mistakes are magnified, right? It does. It's intense. And, and, and you have to know your shit because the team is looking at you like, we have something special. Don't be the weak link. And he, obviously he's not. I mean, he's 
he's a high level guy. Um, anything else before we hit on a couple other rattle through Raiders Packers Monday Night Football? John Allegiant Stadium. Well, Mark I mean, Davis hosting well, the Niners in the Super Bowl. Also, do you see who else he's hosting? He's about to be back to back champions in a league. Oh, the final started. The WNBA the, final started. The, the, the highest league in all of women's professional basketball. Uh, he will be back to back. I think they set a finals record in the WNBA. Uh, points in a game came across my uh, a ticker on my phone. I I had to move it because I was tweeting about football, but it said something about it. I knew they were playing. Uh, Mark, I'm sure was in attendance given that his football team didn't play, but he's big week for him. Like his father, legendary father, uh, Hall of Fame father. He will. I don't. I don't know if they play seven games, five game series. Don't exactly know all the deets of WNBA playoffs, but he will be a multiple time champion like his father. He'll be one championship away from matching Al Davis for three wow. championships. That's a great call right there. Uh, I thought Robert Sala naming Nathaniel Hackett a team captain this week was a good little story. I didn't even know that. You, every Friday, the Jets have three captains. On Friday, Robert names a fourth captain based on the week, and this week he named. Nathaniel Hackett, the captain, and then he gave him the game ball after the game. I got, I'm gonna when we get off, I'm gonna go. I'm sure the Jets posted that, right? Yeah, yeah. The locker room goes crazy. Y- you can't under any, and I honestly have. I always struggle with, and I understand there's like coaching code, but do you know what's so, so bullshit about that? All these coaches privately talk shit about everybody, so it's like it's so oh. disingenuous. It's not though. There's a difference between saying somebody who's a good person. Saying they, they're shitty publicly. I mean, when you're Sean Payton, you're saying it to the world versus like talking about it with your buddies. But here's the thing. And this will goes back to the garbage comment from Rodney Harrison. When something is like universally being discussed, everybody in football, coaches, players, fans openly were mocking the guy saying how shitty he was as a head coach. Yeah. And then when Sean Payton publicly does it, now you can say, it's not kosher because no one ever does it. Yet everyone constantly talks about it when the microphone's not on. So, listen, it is what it is. But if you are going to do it, I had no problem with it. You cannot lose that game. And not only can you not lose that game, the moment Rodgers tears his Achilles and you're getting Hackett with Zach Wilson, it's not a fireable offense because you know he's not going to get fired. They're paying him too much money. But that is one now. It's like you could argue that is as bad or right up there with the 70 points. 70 points, they just kept running it up. Your defense quit. You fucking hired Vance Joseph. You wanted Vic Fangio, but he refused to go back to Denver. Get it. You can't lose to Nate Hackett and Brees Hall running down your throat. Let me ask you this. If you're... uh, Did you see the play at the end of the half? They had no timeouts, and Zach and and Nate calls a play. (laughs) Zach throws it. You know, it's like 14 seconds left. They're in field goal range. The guy gets tackled. It's like, Nate, you can't call a play... That's on you because you can't give Zach Wilson an option that isn't just like in the end zone or throw away. If you give him the dump off, he's just he's kind also, of robotic, dumb football player. Like you can't that that to me was on Hackett as much as Wilson. Also, you can't guys you spike it. You're running up. There's four seconds. You're not going to get it. You need you can't spike it. You got to run a play. You're not going to have time to spike it. Right. Well, do you, you see Zach? Seconds. He kind of like walked to the, to to the uh, center. I, someone tweeted back at me. They're like, did you see the effort Zach Wilson had to get to the line? Zach was like cruising to where the ball was being placed. It was. I'm not trying to write the Jets or some incredible operation right now because they're holding on for dear life. Let me ask you a question. If you are, uh, what's the, what's 
Mr. Penner. Is it Penner, right? Owner of the, or he's the CEO, Rob well, Walton. He's the CEO you know? because he's married to the married. daughter of Walton's dad. You know, uh, her dad's the Walton. Right. Uh, if you're that guy and you're just sitting back having a Tito's and soda right now in the suite where you, f- you painted the end zones white while the defense was wearing all white today and made it, made their defensive players invisible. It's hard to play when the defense is invisible, <laughs> but not a great matchup of field and opponent uniforms. Is there any party that's like, did we hire the right guy? Would that thought I'm not saying hot seat or I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying, do you think it'd be human right now if you're the owner of the Broncos to wonder if you hired the right head coach? I think everything's going through your head. Yeah. I, I think everything's going through your head. And, and I think one guy who has to regret this is Sean for taking Sean. this job. <laughs> you took a job where you were tied. If you go back and read Sean Payton, he was bringing Vic Fangio with him. He was bringing Vic Fangio, and Vic was going to go wherever he went. Well, Vic's like, Sean, I can't. They fired me 12 months ago. Like, I'm not going back there. So that was the one place he wasn't going to go. And also, he wanted to go to a place with a, he goes to a place with a quarterback. I think if Sean Payton could do a redo, he would have waited two years because this year things are going to open up with some draft picks. You're going to be able to start from scratch and really influence it. You went to a place that had given up draft picks, that had to give a draft pick to get you. And I would say two years out, it would have been a little less expensive. But the the Saints still had some leverage. And the Russell Wilson thing, the general manager thing, it's a fucking disaster. So yeah, I think ownership's got to be thinking, what the hell are we doing? Sean Payton's got to be thinking, what the hell am I doing? That is easily to me right now just the worst situation when you factor in like that is the new Gruden for a while. It was Gruden. Cause like 10 years, a hundred million dollars, right? Like what do you do that to me? That's the new Gruden situation. Yeah. You just, I mean, does a New York times article come out on Monday night football and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, I just, you cannot lose that game for Sean Payton. No. And you, you just, said it knowing you play them with Aaron Rodgers when you said it. Did you see the thing that went viral of uh, the tight end, CJ Huzoma, who like who comes out, the tight ends and the quarterbacks come out, but he leads the chant? I mean, obviously yeah. Rodgers probably would if he was there, but Zach does not lead the chant. Right. And he's tri- dropping, fuck these guys, fuck them. Yep. <laughs> Not, not like they rolled in there and beat that ass. No, they, they didn't. Back them mean, cheeks. <laughs> they didn't. There was a play where that little, the little punt returner who had the game winner against Buffalo, the one on punt return, what UCLA did, everyone, or I mean USC, everyone celebrating them, grab that guy and throw him toward the ball. I think that is such chicken shit and bullshit. That, that is not like something. I, John, I think it's evidence that they're they've got a problem. That's an embarrassing thing. I agree. I I saw that and I thought Do you think Kirby or Nick Saban or not a chance? <laughs> I saw that and I thought they they are like that to me, that play was a bigger indictment than the fact that they were in triple overtime with Arizona. Would Kyle Whittingham allow that shit to go on in he his was program? The first guy I thought of. I was like, what is this? Because here's the problem. It doesn't work. No, Nobody coached that because it's well, it's not allowed. It's not allowed. It's, <laughs> the officials are not going to give you the ball if you throw the guy into the ball. And you know what happened on the play? No. The USC players are trying to throw. For those of you who missed it, USC punts. 
Arizona guy, everyone's backing away. Three USC guys grab the guy, try to throw him into the ball. Newsflash, the officials, if they throw him in the ball, are not going to call it a fumble. The ball, as they're doing it, one of the USC players accidentally kicks the ball back towards where the punt came from. So when you do that, it it cost him 10, it cost SC 10 yards. (laughs) So the the guy in the Jets muffed a punt, but the punt. I'm glad you said that because I saw that play. Everyone's laughing at it. I'm like, this is. I saw that play, and I'm like, they're not winning the championship. <laughs> yeah, it was low. Now they got Caleb, so maybe, but yeah. Anyway, keep going. It's yeah. low level play, but the yeah. guy, the high level play, is the Bronco guy, the little dude from Hard Knocks, who's a partner, good little player, runs up but stops like a right, like two and a half yards ahead of him, the halo, and just stands and is just staring at him. The guy then muffs it and he falls on it, and I think. Tiki, Rondé, one of the barbers, is calling the game with, like, Matt Ryan and seven other people in the booth. It was a lot of people. It's like, gee, why do you have all these people, CBS? And it had to be Tiki. And Tiki said, what you do in that situation, the moment he gets close to you, is you take a step forward and you run into him, and it's immediately a penalty on him. Mm-hmm. Because it's impossible to not get a little rattled even when the guy's st- – it's just going to throw you off a little bit. Yeah. You're used to guys running by you. You are not used to a guy staring at you. And if the guy's smart, he's probably screaming. You're going to drop it. You're going to drop it. You know, start, he could oh, just rattle you. Yeah. He said, well, all you got to do is you take one step forward. Even if the thing ends up hitting on you, the moment he touches you is a penalty on them. And it's just like, that's the difference of like high level football of, because that game, I don't know how much you watched. I ended up watching a decent amount. It, it was a debacle yeah. of well, fumbles, the, of fucking sacks. The thing, John, you look at, if I pull up this, I'm like, what game do I want? I got red zone. What do I want to watch? There's no good games this morning. So it was like, all right, I'll watch that. It was like Raven Steelers, which was a fucking yeah. mess. And and that game. The, um, the, the Jets-Broncos, though, was, I was, I gravitated. It was interesting because of the other dynamics. Yeah. Even, like, I wouldn't watch that game without some of the drama wouldn't have been as interested. I was dialed on that thing, given... And and part of it, and this gets back to the Gruden thing, losing when you're in that position... I mean, Sean Payton's disaster is one of the biggest stories in the NFL right now, right? Yep. I mean, is that... That that and Belichick, I would say. Like, in terms of negative stories, that'd be the other one. For sure. But the thing is, Belichick, what Sean can't help... And do you see... I just saw some clips of Bill. Yeah. Well, you push the mic down. No one can hear him. He's never going to say anything. So it's you're you're going to be screaming at him, but he Sean fucking snaps, and he's Sean's going to say other stuff. It's Bill coming. did say today. He said we're starting over this week. Someone's like one of the reporters, like, have you ever started over before? He's like, yeah, I've done it before. And the guy's like, what does that entail? And Bill goes, just starting over, <laughs> starting over. But they, they've lost like sixty nine to three the last two weeks. Yeah, I I think. They had a fourteen nothing lead, and Derek didn't have anything to do with it. I mean, Mac threw a pick six to Honey Badger. Now Derek did make some plays as the game went on. Uh, if I was a Patriot fan last week, the Dallas thing—I mean, you thought the Cowboys are a playoff team or whatever—to have Derek Carr and Dennis Allen kick your carcass like that after everything, especially these Patriot fans, like they've seen the highest level win. They, they've had some devastating losses too, but they just know like Derek Carr and Dennis. It's one thing to like the Cowboys eleven twelve one team. Yeah, like you're That's trying a, to make a wild card. It's not a reset here. Uh, you didn't make me Derek, think. Derek Carr and Dennis Allen come in and do that. Derek, in his career against the Patriots, has not been good against no. against Belichick, especially in New England. He's lost a couple games. 
uh, Tiki Barber used one of my notes. I forgot. How about Ronnie Bell on for the Niners? Yeah, catching two punts on punt cover. Well, one he caught straight out of the air. That was pretty awesome. Do you, yeah. you see that? Wisnowski Har- punts it to the five. Ronnie just goes and catches it down. Sh- shocking that uh, a Harbaugh guy fits right in with this culture. No, good call. Uh, let's see. I showed you Tiger Woods, SC three over times, whatever. Miami Neal game. We mentioned that. Well, why did they run the swing and ladder play? That Caleb like juke the guy and ultimately had an incredible one four flat. I think is what you call that in basketball. That that's I, what were they doing? It worked. I mean, it worked because the guy made a remarkable play. Because Caleb. Yeah, but but Steph ultimately it's a passing one on one. Clear him out. Is How that, many? You think that's is that all he's doing? I, that's what I called it. I I was I, that's what it looked like to me immediately. Basketball, where you like wave everybody to the corner. And you're like, all right, if we put everybody over there, they got to go over there. It's going to be you versus one guy. Beat him to the pylon. Don't even risk like a bad slant or a tip ball or anything. I mean, there have been so many. It's like, how many two-point plays do you have? I, I got a couple texts. Arizona should have gone for two, I thought, at the you, end of the first overtime. But. You and I texted about it. And I remember saying, watching the game, like, Jed's thinking a lot of times when you go for two in that spot, you're a huge underdog, which they were. Yeah. But – the talent discrepancy, like I'm watching the talent, and you're going, my offense is just as good as your offense. Then thinking about it today, and I got I got a couple texts from just random buddies that were like, why the fuck did, wouldn't you, what, what do you got to lose? Just the game? You're a huge, just go forward in that situation just to end it. Here's the problem. It turns out. You, is it the three-yard line in college football? Yeah, yeah, two and a half, three. So it's a little longer than than the pro. I think it's the right? two and a half. You're saying it's opposed to the two and a half? I think it's the two in the NFL, right? Oh, I thought it was the two and a half. Have to take it. Okay, but here's less than ideal. Keep to yourself. Jed said after the game that he needed some clear. He got some clarification from the officials on when you start going for two. Well, he put out the field goal unit on. Didn't know the second one, right? It's not. It's not okay. Has he ever played in an overtime game? Probably two overtime game in college. Probably unlikely, know. right? But same with Mario, like. Fine. If you don't crystal ball Miami, if you don't know that you can just kneel it when the play clock is 40 seconds and there's 32 seconds left in the game, that's unacceptable. I'm paying the $8 million, but you should have somebody on the staff with the, with the little chart that says, just, just kneel it, bro. Just kneel it. So I think the, the kneel thing is unacceptable. Any level that that's beyond crazy. The, the overtime rules Obviously, when I think Jed Fish, and if you just look at his resume, a, a decent amount of time in pro football, like is how locked in on he is he with just the the nitty gritty of just college football rules? Because that's just one. How many how many people watching college you football? Watch the game. They throw the rules up every time. You're in meetings. They've told you like they have told you the rules in a meeting. There was a meeting where they told you the rules. It happened. It's just not it, John. I mean, it's. <laughs> Like, it's the game. It's the thing. This is what we're paying you to do to manage the game. I agree with you. I didn't think it was obvious until afterwards. I'm like, God, you know, you're just putting the ball in Caleb's hands. You just from two yards away. Like, the game, for people who don't know, it's touchdown, extra point, touchdown, second OT, you got to go for two, third OT, and on. It's just two point conversions. That's all it is. Back because they don't want the game to go 10 hours. Right. Seven OTs or whatever happened at Mississippi State, like three. I wouldn't be opposed. Honestly, just starting with the two-point plays right away. 
I would because I don't want it to end too fast. Like I love the multiple. Like it's pretty. College overtime is so fun. I'll, I'm guilty Especially of this. In a game like that with like a 20 point underdog. I usually a lot with a 20 point underdog, and that happens sometimes. Right, the Pac-12 game could yeah. be like Washington against Arizona State or UCL, USC against Arizona, where it's a huge spread. I kind of I've watched football all day, and then I always I watch so much football on Sunday. That I just I, I can't I'm not gonna watch maybe I'll watch a couple series. I actually came into that game late because I was like I just assumed you know it's gonna be your fucking right. sixty to thirty like I don't need to see what am I gonna learn? I didn't watch any of the first half and then I flipped it on probably like nine o'clock and it was tied. I'm like well there hasn't really been a crazy upset so far in college football like I could see this like this team's yeah I was glued second half you knew it was I, seventeen I didn't budge. Point. No. Uh, oh, yeah. That's what it was. They were winning. I think I kind of noticed that, so I was kind of keeping an eye on it. Usually, I don't even pay attention to it. Yeah. That was a game I kind of paid attention to, kind of paid attention to, and then maybe I came right... Actually, I, I was having a couple cocktails. Right before the end of the half, they made it 14-17. I'm like, I think I got it. This is, But then I assumed like UCLA or USC was going to fly by them, and when that didn't happen... I think that's one of the been that like those three quarters. I didn't watch all the second quarter, but the second half into overtime is the best college football game beside like everything that was that Colorado TCU I've watched this year. Just the entertainment level of like this is fucking crazy what potentially could happen. Colorado, you said Colorado State, Colorado. I didn't. I didn't see that. That's probably number one. Oh, I missed yeah, that yeah. one. I'm saying that I watched the TCU Colorado because the Colorado up. Colorado State game was like. <laughs> Fury. There yeah. was just so much, you know, that's, you can't even, that wasn't even a college football game. It was something else, you know. That was a sporting event. It, an event. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't it's think as event. many people, right, however many people, that set a record. Yeah. I doubt there were as many people watching no that chance. game because of Arizona. Right. I do think one thing that will benefit this move, they, they would never put Michigan, Ohio State in that time slot, right, on the West Coast. They would never waste the rating. Would be my in the, guess in the seven p.m. seven thirty kickoff p.m. Yeah. yeah, right. The late. I mean, they, they're going to be. You they're would playing think USC. not. You would think they would just be playing noon one, one or four, threes, fours. Yeah. yeah. To and me not, though, w- that could be instead of like the eyeball. W- if they could have done that game against Wisconsin or Penn State, you know, and no offense to Arizona, they're actually pretty good. They're good. <clears throat> That's part of the stories. They're good. They they yeah. played well against Washington the week before. Washington, Oregon this week, uh, game day, college game day will be there. I, I have a hard time seeing USC beating those two teams. Yeah, and they have to beat UCLA, and I have news for you. If UCLA had a veteran quarterback, they could win the league. UCLA is really good. But I think what he's doing is smart. I agree. But there was 18 days when Dylan Gabriel was committed to them when they thought DTR was going to go pro. If they had Dylan Gabriel, UCLA could win the Pac-12 this year. Their defense is fucking... You know, Anthony Lynn is his defensive... Co- Anthony Lynn's son is UCLA's defensive coordinator. Didn't know that. Danton Lynn, he came from the Ravens. They are... There are three teams... I haven't looked. Yesterday I looked because I was doing the post game. Three teams in the nation, top 15 in offensive and defensive yards per play. It was Notre Dame, Oregon, and UCLA. UCLA's number one in the nation in defensive yards per play. Their quarterback not playing well? I didn't no, watch that game. He's fine. I mean, he's a true freshman. Threw a couple touchdowns, but he's like 50% yesterday. Not good on third downs. Like, it's just tough. He's just playing like a freshman. 
Washington State's the good, ball, and their defense is fucking yeah. Washington, Washington State's offense has been explosive, and they suffocated them. I mean, he threw an eighty, he threw a ninety-yard pick six right before the half. Dante Moore did. They were about to kind of like slam the door on Washington State by halftime, and he threw a bad pick six. So he's thrown several pick sixes because he threw one against Utah. Yeah, well, they've only given up seven off. They've only given up seven offensive points each of the last two weeks. UCLA's defense, but he's thrown two pick sixes. Here's what I know about USC. I didn't quite realize UCLA's defense was that good, so they're clearly pretty good. I knew their win yesterday was pretty impressive. USC could lose four games, right? Yeah. Oregon, Washington, Utah, and UCLA. They can lose those games. Uh, Utah, if Cam Rising's there in two weeks, which I'm, doesn't feel like he's going to be. So he might not even return this year. Well, he did an interview today. He finally revealed that he blew out five different – he named a thing that I'd never – it was like PCL, MCL – LCL, and then he was like, and the PCMCL. I'm like, I'd never even heard of that one. So, and I was talking to our buddy Shane Vereen yesterday. He's like, his knee was probably hurt before it got hurt because you can't blow all those things out on the play that he got hurt on. Because remember, he was playing last year on a knee brace. You could, if you're him, just get all the NIL money this year and then come back again next year. Which I don't think that's what he's thinking. He's just not cleared yet. He was just, his thing was like, this is not an ACL injury. So he hasn't come back yet. I don't. I don't know when he's going to be back. But you're not wrong. I mean, they, they, Utah, SC plays Utah well at home, but they got Caleb. But yeah, yeah. they, and they play Notre Dame on the road this week. Anyway, okay. That's that. Right. What a night. Yeah. <laughs> you just went. <laughs> Sorry, hit me. I realized like, I was like, Fox a little we've been on a long time. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging. Uh, I'll talk to you soon later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.